Welcome to another episode of The Dirty Hour. In this episode, we're going to literally dive into San Francisco Supercross. Review, of course, like, share, subscribe this podcast. Um, you can find it on Amazon Music, iTunes, Spotify, anywhere you can get your music and podcasts from. We are on it. Like, subscribe, like, subscribe. Buckle up. Let's ride. Welcome to another episode of the Dirty Hour. We're back for a Supercross review, and wow, uh, we need a towel to dry off because that was a wild one. Um, so yeah, we're going to dive in on a review there. I am your host, Colton Scudder, back again with you, and my co-host here. Amanda Scudder. Hi, guys. How's it going? Boom. We're back. We're back. We're excited to uh, dive in with this one with you. Um, super, the San Francisco Supercross, as we talked about in our preview with you guys we knew weather was coming oh yes we We knew it was happening um and the whole story around it though was how much weather was coming and uh that was the biggest mutter i've ever seen since daytona yeah it was it was wild i mean when i was talking about it on our preview show this is what i wanted because it's a real equalizer the track just got so horrible but Ah, uh, it was just so good. Yeah, no, Loved so, it. um, yeah, so practice qualifying, uh, everything looked, uh, it, it looked all right. I mean, it, it was muddy, yeah, but it, they can make do with it. We've definitely seen worse, and then, uh, uh coming into the heat races, oh it boy, got worse and oh yeah. worse, the ruts, um, and then by the time the main started, the, the, the rain was coming down so hard. I feel like the rain got even worse. Like, right before the gate drop of the 450 Moto. Yeah. Or main event. Yeah. I, I feel like the rain just got even worse. And that that was a rough one. That I mean, it was entertaining. Yeah. The racing... I don't want to say the racing was bad. It just made for slow, technical racing. That's all. Yeah. It just... A, it, it, it really threw a curveball, and there was a different form of racing. I... And don't get me wrong. I love me a good mutter. I am... I'm all for that. I think it's an equalizer. I think it changes some things, and that's a hundred percent what it did. We saw that this weekend. Um, I have a few things I don't like about it, but it, it's the fact that it brings in a lot of DNFs, and therefore the championship race gets uh, a lot of contenders get taken out. But we'll dive into that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, obviously San Francisco, we had a mud around too. Yeah, it was. It was very interesting. It definitely, right off the bat, after the very first qualifier, the 250B qualifier, track was already a wreck. Like, and it just continued to downpour the entire night. With it, I think, getting really bad, right at the very end of the 250 main and right before the 450 main. So it totally just changed things up. The one question I have, where was our sand section? Oh, that was gone. Yeah. why? We that looked at, we were watching the race, and we're like, seriously, but where'd the sand section go? Yeah, they they definitely made some changes. I know. Uh, yeah. With the rain, the sand section was more of uh, uh, two little bumps, basically. Yeah. Two little roller type of type of deals, and then um, right before the main event started, uh, they ended up flattening the whoop section. Uh, they made it like a little. 
It yeah. wasn't whoops though. It was it was uh, like straightaway with like two or three rollers. It yeah. wasn't anything crazy. So they definitely flattened that down. And then yeah. I know um, the I it was I think it was for the main uh, not it was in the heat races I believe. Yeah. They took the rhythm sections and they kind of made it to where they can double and they don't have to triple them. They they kind of the I think they didn't make them as sharp. I don't know. I know they changed up the rhythm section a little bit to where it was doubles instead of triples. Yeah, like um, mellowed out a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So there was uh the rain definitely affected not only the racing, but the effect of the track. It affected every aspect of this round. Um wild. Yeah, it was it was crazy. But let's let's dive into our two fifties on yeah. what ended up happening. Um obviously the pe- the bikes and, and the riders that have the hardest time in a mutter would be your 250s oh yeah uh clutches everything like that going out uh heat races looked really good oh yeah um i'll tell you what i I am bummed they got rid of the whoop section because it looked just pure chaos oh yeah every lap they're just (laughs) left right left right that you know some riders tried to uh double or skim and uh, it just was not working out no Uh, it was it was just gnarly, and we had our two heat winners. We had Nate Thrasher, obviously not too banged up from last weekend, and then Joe Shimoda came out, just killed it. I was so excited. Yeah, after after my take of um, Joe Shimoda never winning a main event this year, and then he went out and won the heat race, I was like, well, that's not aging well. But uh, obviously it was not a good night for Joe Shimoda. Oh, I'm just, I'm so devastated. He, n- not even one lap in, I don't even know what happened, right? Because he tipped over on the left, went through one turn, went to go through the second turn, and then all of a sudden, just nothing. Like, did, did what uh, What even happened? I don't even know. Um, Obviously, th- the mud takes a toll on these 250s, and we 100% saw it. Um, clutches, so- something, something went down. And yeah. Just, it, like, heartbreaking, because he's not even in the championship anymore. There's no way with the DNF. That's what... So what pains me sometimes about mutters, and I, there's a difference between certain type of le- like levels of mutters. This was a bad one. This yeah. was a a very bad mutter. Um, obviously, just I, qu- I'm going to do a quick rundown on who is now out of the championship. Like it has yeah. no shot. Rather, they had a shot in the first place. Yep. Or you know could have been a contender maybe or or anything like that. Yeah. Joe Shimoda, big one, gone. Uh. He's done out of the championship now. He'll continue to race obviously, but Yeah. Championship wise, you're done. He's done, yeah. Ryder D Francisco after winning his first heat race. Yeah. That was awesome. That he was he, so cool. he I think that was a confidence boost for him. Yeah. Didn't see much of him in the broadcast on the main though. Never really. S- I, I don't think yeah, I saw. Yeah, we don't him even know like how he went out. Like they didn't even show him. Um, and so I don't know. I'm assuming here that it is a. I'm just totally shot in the dark. I'm assuming it's a bike issue. Oh yeah. I hope it's not an injury because he did look good. He got the start and um, uh, he won. Yeah. And I, I, he looked good. He looked good. Uh, but yeah, he's out. Max Volen. Oh. Oh, that is also another heartbreaker right there. Heartbreaker. You know, he, he what so he good. Did, what he did in round one at Anaheim, there, you know, I wasn't really a believer in a title contender uh, out of him, but it gave me a sh- glimmer of hope of, like, he, he might be able to get a race win. Yeah. He might, especially with triple, cr- like triple crowns, east-west shootouts, a lot of things can happen. Yeah. He had the speed. He had the starts down, and it looked like this whole switch from KTM Kawasaki was looking right. And even in this muddy heat race, he looked good. He, yeah, he was I there. Did. You know, yeah, everyone had their struggles or whatever. Main event starts. He's running second. 
and and holding his own. I'm yep. thinking, oh my God, Volan's gonna get on the podium. He's starting the year off strong. Hell yeah! And like literally, couple laps in, done. Just it looks like stuck. a clutch thing. Yeah, he was just, and you could see the frustration when you're watching him. He's just like beating on his handlebars, like, damn it. And he had a podium this spot. Was so going so well, and it totally just ripped right out of his hands. Yeah, no, it. Um, uh, super bummer there, and then another bummer. Uh, uh, obviously, um, Nate Thrasher. Same thing. <sighs> Those are four guys that are race winner, race podium, or championship guys. Yeah. Um, that just had a really, really tough beat in San Francisco. It really it it took them down. Um, now, I mean, uh, here's the glass half full for those four guys. Okay, championship's gone. Yeah. It is what it is. Kay? Yeah. Uh, you start ra- keep racing this year, keep racing Supercross, whatever. And I I mean, I guess if you really wanted to be a glass half full guy, when the later rounds of Supercross comes around, start you start your outdoor training early. Yeah. I mean, and get ready for outdoors. You'll have a little bit more uh, prep time because you're not going to be wor- focused on points for Supercross. So you can just go ahead and dive into. Yeah. Outdoors, which is weird that we're already saying that in round two. Yeah. I don't like it, but no. it, it's what that's the situation that we've been put in right now. Also, I think those guys now have a less pressure on I gotta be consistent. I you know, take the podium, whatever. No, send it. Yeah, what, well they send. Don't, they why don't, not? Who cares if they lose points? Yeah. Who cares? They go for race wins now. Um, so yeah, that's definitely something that yeah, to look at it as a glass half full side of things, that's that's what I'm looking at right now. You know, I think it's actually going to make the fight for the championship that much more interesting because they're in that m- most likely in that full send mindset. Because why? What you don't want to get injured yourself, obviously, but like they're like, I'm just going to push as hard as I can, and I think it'll really, you know, change up the points because I can see those guys getting podiums throughout the year. I can, so I think that uh, I think it'll be good. Yeah, keep it interesting. No, and then uh, obviously huge congratulations. Amanda, Hell and then yeah. I'll do a sub congratulations to Jordan Smith. Woo-hoo. You got it right. You 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 picked them right. Um, yeah, he looked You good. called it from our preview or our review. No, no, no. The preview, 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 review, whatever it is. <laughs> um, you called Jordan Smith to come out there and win it, and he hey he looked good at a one. He looked good in qualifying, qualified third. Yeah, and he came out. He got a great start. Yes, he which did. is obviously pivotal in a mutter. Oh yeah. And it, he just held his own and kept going. Now, I will put it out there. If there was another lap or two, I don't think he would have gotten it. Yeah, Kitchen was right there. Kitchen closed the gap big, big time. time. He was sending it on the last lap. Oh, yeah. He closed the gap. It was like a five to seven seconds range. When Smith crossed the finish line, Smith was on his ass. He was on his rear tire. Yeah, right Kitchen there. was right there. He really was right behind him. Yeah, so, uh, you know, Jordan Smith, who knows? Maybe he knew he had it in the bag and just coasted into the finish. Who knows? But yeah. it did get very close there towards the end. So, c- congratulations to Jordan Smith and yeah. taking the red plate. Um, Yeah, he's he just looked good. He had a great start out in front the whole race. I do think towards the end, he kind of was just cruising. You know, mud is hard to race in. You oh get yeah. tired. Oh yeah. So I'm sure he just was exhausted. Multiple riders this week said that this is one of the hardest races they've ever ridden. Yeah. So um, I just killer ride. Levi, I got to give props to Levi Kitchen, though. He 
was right there. If he had another lap or two, he I think he would have definitely passed him. I think Levi, you know, I I I, I was kind of fifty fifty on him if he was going to be a title contender this year with uh going switching over to a new team and everything like that. He's still young. He's in his third year, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I I just believe. I, I thought he he sneak in uh, some podiums, maybe a race win, title contender. I'm not sure. Oh, I'm a believer now. Oh, yeah. I mean, obviously that change for him and Max Bolin has been very beneficial for both he of them. He rode great at A1. Yeah. He almost got the winning. And if you would say that last lap he threw everything and the kitchen sink <laughs> in to try and win that one. Uh, uh. But no, so uh, – uh, no, Levi killing it. He's only five points down now after this one, so that was yeah. huge. The heartbreaker that I saw was R.J. Hampshire. Oh, uh, he he was yeah. running fourth. He was running. He was running good, and he's a good mud rider. He really is. He was running fourth, and um, he Anthony Burdon ended up. They were rolling the 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 triple, and which that's what they did. They took the triple down to a double. And so they rolled it, and he got a little squirrely and just fell right into the line of R.J. Hampshire. And R.J. had nowhere to go yeah. and was stuck on the downside of a, uh, of a landing, on the, on the back downside of a landing Yeah. with a muddy bike in the mud, and he lost so much time. And he didn't yeah, lose, he like, did. a ton of – so he lost a lot of positions, but more so because of the mudder track, he lost so much time. Um, and he th- – Ultimately, ended up losing the red plate and finishing yeah. in ninth place, which was not, you know, it really sucks because if, if if Anthony Bordon didn't go down in his line, he would have taken over a third. Do I think he would have caught Jordan Smith in Kitchen? Um, he maybe he would be in the fight, but I don't, I don't know. That's that, that's tough to say there, but definitely a third's way better than a ninth. Oh, yeah. Uh, that was just unfortunate. And, you know, fighting uphill to pick up your bike in any situation is hard. Doing it in the mud, it's slippery. You have to oh, yeah. do put in, like, three times the effort just to get your bike back up and going. The fact that he got back up to ninth is actually pretty impressive. But, man, what a ding on that um, championship. I mean, he's nine points behind now. So He, he does have his um, work cut out for him. Yes, he does. Um, but... The only thing that I, – I don't think he's that far out of the championship. Um, well, no. Everyone has their, their good and bad races, but also with the 250s, you got to remember we do have an east-west shootout. And so if you were to throw like a Deegan in between them or whatever, there, there are points to be gained. Yeah. There are points to be lost. So yes. it could hurt him, could, uh, could help him. But no, so it, it definitely throws a mix-up in the championship, which is what we want to see. And I'm going to reiterate this over and over and over again for this this show and for this season. We don't want to see someone run away with the points, and I think I speak for everyone on this. We do not want to see someone win, 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 win. And before you know it, the the gaps, 20-plus points going into round five, no one wants to see that. Uh, We saw it last year with um, Jet and Outdoors. And it just got boring. And yeah. I am an advocate for at the end of the year, I want the championship to come down to the final race. I I, I, I hate it. It just really grinds my gears. 
Well, no one wants to see when someone locks it up a round yeah. or two early because then the, the, those last rounds don't mean anything at all. Yeah, no one wants to see someone lock up the championship with three races to go. That's just like, that's just boring. It like it's not very the fun. People going. Yeah, it's it's provocative for sure, but just the fact that this race really just mix things up makes it so fun for the fans. You it know? makes me look even more forward to round three. It, it, it honestly oh, does. Yeah. I think San Diego is going to be. It, it, we're going to see where everyone lies. And I think this is just like a, this was a rhythm breaker. And I know it's weird to say that only with one round in, but rhythm and confidence starts up so quick. And this yeah. just threw a curveball in there. Uh, I yeah. want to point a, a huge shout out to Garrett Marchbanks and to Phil Nicoletti on the um, Muckoff uh, Yamaha team. Oh yeah. They, I, I give me a million guesses. I'm not guessing that. Oh, hell no. I I'm mean, not guessing that at all. You know, Garrett Marchbanks, you know, I, I did, you know, in our little uh, MX action uh, fantasy game that we play, I yeah. did put Garrett Marchbanks in fourth place, or not fourth, sixth place. I just figured he's tall, lanky, he's got the legs. It could hurt him yeah, because he is a bigger guy. But <clears throat> I, just, I just saw, you know, Marchbanks, he, he, he's a grinder. He's a gamer, and he's not going to quit. Yeah. If if that bike can go, he's gonna go, and I was pumped on him. I, I I do like him. I do. I'm a firm believer on he's better off on a 450 than he is a 250. But you know that's that's not my call at all. But I was really oh man, I was bummed. I was bummed. It, it's still a great finish. Phil Nicoletti, filthy Phil, coming in in fourth place. I was really hoping to get him on the podium. Yeah, he's never podiumed a 250 race before. Oh, never has. That would have been his first one, and I, I believe is the very last lap. Marchbanks got by him, and um, they did interview Phil. Yeah. He he was bummed. He did mention that his career is coming to an end. He's getting older, and yeah. he doesn't get shots like that all the time. You know, because yeah. if it, you know, re- realistically, you think of it as a normal night. Those four guys that we mentioned: Joe Shimoda, Ryder D, Volan, Thrasher. They are all ahead of Nicoletti. Yeah. And quite possibly all ahead of Marchbanks. So, I mean, it's good for Marchbanks, too, to jump up there and get a podium. And maybe that's the confidence boots that he needed. I mean, we'll see. But, uh, you know, Filthy Phil, um, a hell of a ride. Well, like, hell what, of a ride. A, what a comeback from last week where he couldn't even ride the main because he's having firing issues. But, like, it was, you could just tell in his interview, he was just so sad. He even said, I'm heartbroken. I yeah. mean, I yeah. would be heartbroken, too. He was right there, right there. So, I hope this gives him the confidence to come back and, you know, ride his heart out o- over the next couple of races. I hope to see a podium from him this year. That that would be awesome. I mean, he did ride great last year uh, in Supercross. He looked really good. Um, yeah. Him and Enzo were, were teammates, Enzo Lopes, and they, they did um, great finishes overall. Obviously, Enzo's now up to the Star Racing Factory team racing on the East Coast. But these next couple of riders I'm going to go over for you, um, I don't have a lot individually to say because I have the same have the same exact thing to say for all of them. Carson Mumford, Anthony Burdon, Joshua Varese, and Hunter Yoder. Where did this come from? Yeah. I understand it's a mutter. So I, I get I get how it all works. I yeah. understand how anyone can finish anywhere, but these four riders, you know how huge it is for a privateer to get top ten in in the supercross main event, those four. Yeah. Um huge. As unbelievable and I know uh Burdon is somewhat new to this. He's from France. He's he's only got a couple uh, r- rounds and gate drops under his belt. 
Mon- Carson Mumford, the, the the kid's quick. We we've seen him come up through the ranks. I did not see this fifth coming. I could see him getting a top ten. I'm I'm talking like that that eight to twelve range. I could see that. For him to pull in a fifth, that's awesome for him. Yeah. Uh, Vareez and Yoder, same thing. We saw some hits from Yoder uh, last season. Got some good rounds in. I think he hovered around that top ten. Every once in a while, he would grab one. Um, and so that's just a strong start to the season right there for the, all four of those guys. And uh, way to take advantage of just a situation that they were given. Yeah. And obviously in this race, just steady. Don't go down. Don't make mistakes. Smoother is faster, and they got it done, so congratulations to them. Yeah, obviously it worked very well for them having those four guys out um, relatively early in the race, and they that's all they did. You know, as RC was saying on the broadcast, all you have to do is be consistent and work with the conditions that are given to you, and that's what they did. So yeah. they got top 10 yeah. finish. So as we go over the 250 updated points now, we got Jordan Smith taking over the red plate with that as uh, his star racing Yamaha. I don't want to say I'm surprised because I talked a lot about him going into this year yeah. on how well he was going to race. I, I, He wasn't my title pick because I, I had my boy Rick James, but that was um, – I knew he was going to be up there. I knew he was going to be a race one guy. Levi Kitchen, second in points. He's only five down. RJ Hampshire uh, – RJ Hampshire. Man, that last name gets me. Yeah, that's more. all right. Down <laughs> nine points. Uh, Garrett Marchbanks down 12 points, which isn't bad, especially for him. I think yeah. that's that's right where he wants to be. If 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 he were to finish fourth in points, that's a that's a that's a great Supercross season for him. Right oh, there. that is yeah. that is awesome. For I him. agree. Uh, and then fifth place, Carson Mumford down 18, and again same exact thing. Mumford uh, just his first couple years in Supercross and Motocross and. Moving up to the pros just didn't go great for him. Didn't go great. And so yeah. now he's on a, a little privateer supported Honda team and running fifth in points. You can't ask for anything more than that. Right yeah, there. would totally agree. And honorable mention, mention uh, Juju Bomer. I mean, God, that kid is quick. I, I just learned on the podcast or the broadcast that he started riding like two years ago. Well, he's been riding, but he was mainly focused on, on, on jet ski racing. professional jet ski racing, yeah. yeah. Like how wild that he changed, like sport. he's like a nine-time champion too in jet ski racing. So it's just crazy to see how he's obviously taking his hard work and dedication to a new sport, and he's obviously doing great. Oh, yeah. So, you know, he's running six in points, and I actually, I project him to climb up there into the top four. If there's someone that's going to go up there and try and not, I'm not saying title, but get into that. I know I, I he's going to get top five in points if he just keeps doing what he's doing, but to, to pass Mumford and part uh, pass March banks, I think he can do it. Cause once you hit, get this kid into the dry conditions, mm-hmm. he can really show off what he's got his good yeah. starts. Um, I, th- there's even a way for him to get in the top three in points. I think he's that good. He's that talented. Oh, yeah. And we're about to see some things from him. Um, and I think he's about to – I think he's going to shock the world in a, a couple rounds this year. He already did an A1. Yeah. He really – he he put his name on the map. And I think there's plenty more that – where plenty more where that came from. Oh, yeah. I'm just excited to see. As we move on through the year. Yeah, I'm excited to see where he goes. So we're rooting yep. for you, Juju. Yeah. So, all right. Moving on to the 450s. And Oof. this, um, we had so there. There was some news going into this race. Okay, um, 
we all have we've seen the, a lot of these riders do mud races before. There's also a couple we haven't. We've all you know we've seen the Lawrence brothers in mudders in the 250s, but never on a 450. So there's a headline right there. We what are they gonna look like? We have no idea. We have Jorge Prado coming over from Spain from the is uh, a world MXGP champion from last year. He's over here. How does he ride in mud? No one knows. No one knows. And then, obviously, I think we have a fan favorite around the entire nation and possibly the world that pays attention to Supercross is Aaron Plessinger. Everyone knows that he comes from a mud racing background, an off-road background. So whenever there's moisture in the air, a deep-rutted track, or any sort of weather coming in that they're expecting... Aaron Plessinger automatically becomes a race winner favorite. O- automatically, they, they start talking about him. Like, he is a contender. Oh, yeah. And he his attitude going into that race was awesome. He's all smiles. He's like, I love the mud. Do the rain dance. Bring it on. Well, and, and yes, we saw that during uh, qualifying. Aaron Plessinger, for the first time in his career, qualified number one. Yeah. Huge. Oh, my God. Absolutely huge. He and good. I think... He, oh, I don't think, I know, he thrives off of just confidence, and it, it, it's it's snowball effect, or in this case, a mud ball effect. <laughs> it starts off small, gets rolling around, bigger, 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 and and we saw that happen to him today. AP, qualified number one in his interview. If you have not seen <laughs> his qualifying interview, go go look. Go Go, go look. It. Um, YouTube it, and uh, you know what? We'll try and get that up on our um, up on our Instagram for you guys to check it out. That is one of my favorite interviews I've ever seen, ever. The confidence you can see he's happy, and the fact that he was calling a shot. That look, that was that was the Babe Ruth calling a shot up there. He's like, I'm going out there, I'm gonna win. All these guys are battling for second. Oh my God. Yeah, he was just all smiles during that interview. You know, he just looked very happy, obviously very excited with his, like, fastest lap time. And it's just infectious. You know, you watch him and you see him having a good time. You're like, yeah, I'm having a good time. He's just, ugh. That was such a great interview to watch. Please go watch it if you have not. It was amazing. And with leading that into the heat races, AP looked really good. He had a lot of fight into him. Although at the end of it, he did run into um, a couple issues, and but that's okay. He qualified to the main, and that's that's what we wanted. But we love to see that fire in yeah. Aaron Plessinger. Anytime he's running anywhere near the front, the crowd you can even hear it on the broadcast. They're getting wild. Yeah, they're getting crazy. But one person I want to talk about when it comes to heat races is uh, yeah, the rookie. I'm gonna call him a rookie. You know, when it comes to dirt bike racing, he's not a rookie, but. Supercross, he's a rookie. He didn't do any 250s. He's brand new. This is only his second round ever. Jorge Prado, coming from Spain. Oh, yeah. That was actually very fun to watch. And you can see, like, his experience from MXGP is obviously coming through in this heat race. He is a technical rider. And what he showed in that heat race, got the start, held off any sort of pressure that he had late in the race, and just stayed in his line. And when I say pressure... He didn't just have anyone pressuring him. He had the defending Supercross champion, Chase Sexton, right on him, gaining on him every lap. And I think for the last three laps of the race, he was on him. He was right behind him, pressuring him, trying different lines. And I think at a couple points, they were side by side. 
and it did not affect the world champion. I think Jorge Prado, he, he definitely put himself, not like he wasn't on the map. He's a world champion, but in the Supercross spectrum and in America against these riders, he proved that he's got what it takes. He, I, he really does. He's a technical rider and not so much the, I would say the Supercross side of things. He's, he's talented. He's got it. Um, I look at him and the way he rode this technical track. I think he will be a threat. And I don't know, we're here in 2025, and I just I hope that's true. I think he's going to be a threat for, it's a bold prediction to say title, but I'm going to say at least a, a couple moto wins, if not a couple overalls, in outdoors for 2025. Oh, yeah. I mean, just the fact that he held off Chase Exon, which obviously he did excellent in the main, but I'm very excited to see how he does in 2025. If that, even if it's a rumor right now, I genuinely hope he comes over here because we like exciting racing and he's going to make the racing exciting. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. That's, you know, and, you know, going into the main event, yeah, he had all, you know, yeah, he won the heat race. That doesn't mean you always win the main event. Yeah. He did, didn't get that great jump and that great start that he did in the main event. So we're just taking with what he. Taking the, the start that he had and is staying strong. And I, I brought up this point to Amanda when we were watching it was that I don't think he's going to send it and make too many big risks. He, I, he, this is a test run for him. He's seeing if he, if he can pick it up, if he's good, yeah. if he likes it, which clearly he's happy right now. Oh, yeah. But this is all a test run for him. Win, lose, first, last, doesn't matter. He no. is feeling it out. because And it, he doesn't want to hurt himself before he goes over back to Europe to defend his world championship. This totally. is just a tester for him. I feel like if he's here for season long, we, we would see a little bit more push. Hey, at the end of the day, he still got seventh. He yeah. beat, beat some big names. And yes, so he did. That is a solid finish right there, seventh place. I b that's two top tens in a row yeah. for a, a super cross rookie. That's awesome. You, you that's, that's almost like the juju effect right there. Yeah. Coming out and, and starting your Supercross career on a high note with two top tens, that's perfect. That's well, that's what you want to see out of a rookie. Yeah, the fact that he's over here just essentially dipping his toe into the water of Supercross and he's finishing within the top ten, that's huge. And he's not even pushing that hard. I mean, honestly, I mean, first of all, why would you push too hard if you're going to be leaving in two races to go back to defend your title? But it just makes me really excited to see what he's going to do. There's clearly a, a bright future with Prado. Um, oh, absolutely. He showed us that. Um, let's. We're going to go a little backwards here. Instead of looking at the top of the results for the 450s, I'm looking at the very, very bottom. And what has been a very disappointing start to the 2024 season right now. Oh, yeah. Malcolm Stewart. Lots of high hopes, and we've been hearing some great things uh, in the offseason that he's in shape, he's flying at the test track, he's riding good, and it was a real bummer. I, I don't see Mookie as a mud racer per se, but he got dead last. He was down in the first turn with an Anderson crash, which, wow, that was a hell of a that crash. That was wild. Um, just dropped that front end in the mud. Had all that speed, let off the throttle, dropped the front end, went over the bars. And Mookie was just at the wrong place at the wrong time. 
hit Anderson's bike and, and went over the bars. Yeah, and up and over. That's not a great way to start it. And who knows what else happened. He wasn't so much in the broadcast for the remainder of the race. But um, something's got to turn around here. This is not going well. Yeah. I know he just signed, a, I think he's got this year and next year as a contract extension with Rockstar Husky. But um, something, something needs to change. I know we're only two in, but that was bad. Yeah, he kind of just had two back-to-back bad luck races. I was kind of anticipating him coming back from where he was. I mean, shoot, Anderson came back from where Mookie was to 12th. I mean, he did pretty good. He's only two out of two outside the top 10, you know. Um, but, yeah, I just think it's two things, two bad luck uh, events happening back-to-back in two separate races. I just hope it gets it out of his system, and from here on out, he's going to show some promise. Well, it's not even just Malcolm either. It's that entire Rockstar Husky team. Yeah. There's literally two of them. They're 17th and 18th in points. One's got 10 points. The other one's got 11. We're talking 34 points out of the championship in two yeah. rounds. Yeah. That is insane. What a just a bad luck start that is the season for that entire Rockstar Husky team. Um, not that we're a huge Craig pod- podcast here. I don't expect much from him. Maybe consistent around 10. Like oh, I'm just thinking like a yeah. Dean Wilson type of finish and, and that 8 to 12 spot. Yeah. But Malcolm, there was hope for a race win. You know, I put Malcolm in the same position as Aaron Plessinger. Maybe a podium here and there. Yeah. So definitely in that top five range or floating, you know, fighting for it yeah and maybe just maybe we see a race win yeah so things need to turn around there things need to turn around on that team yeah, and obviously it's a mutter to. you can't can't really take too much from that but round one wasn't so hot either that's two first turn crashes and um i'm thinking round three san diego let off G- just get just survive the first turn for the love of god yeah. for yourself your team, your sponsors, and for your fans, for us. Yeah. We want to see you get a get a top ten. You're a factory racer. Get a top ten. Yeah. Just survive that first turn. Don't yeah, that's, that's all I gotta say. I can go on and on about that. Just survive. That's all I gotta say there about Mookie. Um Well, hopefully third time's a charm. Oh, well, that's what they say. <laughs> but uh yeah, moving on from there, an- another heartbreaker we got is uh Justin Barsha. Uh he had an illness oh, yeah. going into this race that they said on the broadcast, and we've been watching that. He had hives. He had rashes all over his body. And um, can you imagine that? Racing a mutter. So you got wet gear, and his gear is already tight. We already know that. Yeah. Um, so it's skin-tight gear. Then it's wet. It's cold. You have mud all over you. And then underneath all that, you got rashes all over your body, and you're not feeling good? Yeah. For him to even make the main event, amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Seventeenth. Yeah. It's nothing fancy to look at. It's it's not. It's points, but yeah. it's nothing fancy to look at. But what an animal he is to push oh, through yeah. all that. Well, even on a like a regular day, if you're riding and it's wet, your gear is you get you chafe. It's it just happens. So the fact that he had a full body rash, he still went out there in his tighter than ever gear and he got seventeenth. He didn't get last. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty impressive that you rashes, you want to keep dry. Um, he did the absolute opposite of that in this um, event. But I mean, I, I'm proud of him. I'd be, I'd be curious to hear and we'll update you guys on the way here. Um, out of all these racers that race that main event and you know, heat races, qualifying, all that stuff, you're wet. 
all day long. Yeah. With this week and possibly even next week, what what goes down? Yeah. You know, you're looking for, I wouldn't be shocked if there's more illnesses going around, people getting sick. Oh, yeah. But also, how much writing are they going to be doing this week? Because, you know, every single one of those guys has got some chafing going on. Definitely. some 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 rubbing going on. You know, you know their bodies are hurting because, yeah. They didn't do. They didn't race as long. They didn't do as many laps. They didn't jump all the jumps like they usually do. This took a toll on them. This is this was mentally and physically exhausting for way more exhausting for them. Yeah, way and more. then not not even to mention the paddock for with all the pits was over a half a mile away from the racetrack. So you have to race your whole race covered in mud, soaking wet, and then you have to ride back to the paddock a half a mile. It gets even worse than that. So they they brought this up when I was watching qualifying. They um, yes, the where, where the pits and everything like that was half a mile away, you know, fenced off area, all this stuff. They did not want. Oddly enough, this sounds a little weird. San Francisco, the city, did not want brown stuff all over their street, mm. like mud. But they'll allow other things. But you take mud. <laughs> they didn't want mud on their streets for that half a mile to get there. So qualifying, heat race, main, all that stuff. The riders and the bikes and the crew members had to go to the power washers they had on standby, completely wash the bikes, completely wash the gear, and then ride all the way over there. It was a complete shit show. I would be shocked if we go back. I'd be shocked if we go back to San Francisco. I just, the fact that you're asking these athletes to do that, when you're riding, okay, yeah, you chafe your wet, whatever. You're hot, right? Motocross or supercross is like not an easy sport. You get hot, they're sweaty, they're breathing hard. You take 10 minutes to go wash off the bike, wash off your gear. They're probably fucking freezing. Yeah. And then they have to ride all the way back to the paddock to go warm up and get new gear and all that stuff. It just I'm would be surprised if we went back there. I think they're going to try and make it happen, but make the pits somewhere closer so that doesn't need to be a thing again and who knows maybe a lot of that had to do with the incoming weather they knew it was gonna be muddy and yeah may- maybe it's different another time but uh, from what i've heard it is definitely wasn't ideal that wasn't ideal definitely um but yeah going into this i think uh or coming out of this chase sexton um whole, whole shot well oh my par- God. partial whole shot roxon had the whole shot but um sexton looked great the entire main event and held his own Led every single lap, got a little pressure there towards the end, yeah, and did great. And that's what we expect out of the champion. Uh, his start was phenomenal, insane, so and that good. helped him out so much. He he needed that, Re- regardless if that was, uh, you know, it was Eli behind him, but even if that was Jet behind him or anything like that, he needed to start like that and go out there and make a statement race and take that red plate back from Jet. That shook up the championship so much. Yeah. Um, Sexton, great ride. Tomac, second place. Is he back? No. I'm half and half. No. Good ride. Good podium. I get it. I get it. He's not back. No. This was not your typical Supercross race. This was a man's race. Eli is Eli is the manly man. Colorado, all that stuff. This is a survival. You survive this race, and you get to San Diego next week. That's what you do. You got a good start. You avoided the chaos in the beginning. 
Yeah. I truly believe if Anderson didn't go down, he could be up there and all that stuff. And I, I can speculate all that stuff and just hypotheticals and all that. If Tomac now going into San Diego podiums, all right, you're back. You're back. I got you. All right. Yeah. He's back. But I can't say, yes, it's, yes, it's a rebound going from, you know, ninth to second. It is a rebound, and I agree. But with it being a mutter, it, it, you can't necessarily say, oh, he, he, he's back. He's back because look what happened to all the other riders. Yeah. Um, okay. I understand every round, every single rider takes the same risk, takes the same gate drop, races the same cr- track, and takes a checkered flag. I totally get that. But this one, you, I, I don't think you can judge him on Supercross in general because this is just a one-off. If this was a dry track, it, I think it'd be obviously it'd be completely different. And so we'll see. You know, congrats to Tomac getting a podium again. Yeah, we knew he was gonna possibly be up there and stuff like that. But I just, um, I don't know. I, I just, I don't think he's back. Back. You know, I, I, I see your point. I see your point of view. And you know, obviously there were some big guys that got caught up in that crash in the very first before the first turn. Honestly, it was like on the straightaway, but. I don't know. He looked good. He sounded more like himself. I know that when they did his podium interview, he he sounded good. I mean, he sounded more confident than he did last week, I feel like. And that's why I'm half and half. Half could be, yes, it's a mutter. Yes, people got taken out. But also, this mutter's hard. Like, keeping your position and not making mistakes and staying consistent during a mutter is hard. So that's why I'm like, okay, possibly. Obviously, we'll have to see how San Diego goes, but... I feel I'm feeling hopeful for ET. Yeah, well, I mean, it was it was a good rebound, and well, well, what there's only the only, there's only one thing we can do is just see what comes up next. That's yep. all you can do. That's true. Um, Ken Rocks and finishing off the the <laughs> podium third. I expected him to do good. Kenny's a good technical rider. He's got good starts, and he did have a good start. He got the whole shot and then stalled it in the first turn. Yeah, went all the way to basically last. Um, and fought all the way back up to third. Yeah. Just imagine, you he could he, he could have been a race winner, maybe. You, you, you never know if he could have held that start. He was right next to Sexton on top of the tabletop when he stalled it. Yes, he so was. So you never know where that takes you there, but for him to bounce back to third, yeah. he needed that. Great for him, especially for points. He needed that. Shane McElrath, hell of a ride, fourth place again. Congratulations, but if it yeah. was a normal race, he would never be up there. Yeah, Um. I must say, uh, over under... Did I win? I think I won. Because over under three and a half, you said he, you thought he's going to have to restart his bike five times. Ken Roxon, he only restarted it once. So, win for me. But, no, it was really imp- impressive to see that. And uh, <laughs> okay. I love Kenny. Okay. Kenny R is my guy. He and Joe Shimoda are like my day ones. I love Mookie, too. But um, I'm, I was really excited to see him on the podium. Do you ever notice when Ken Roxon does his interviews, he always seems like he's yelling? He's German. <laughs> I'm like, we were talking about it earlier, and I was like, yeah, and he's like, yeah, but he's German. I was like, ah, yes, German is like a pretty aggressive-sounding language, so it makes, it makes more sense that he's kind of yelling on the I think he's also, <laughs> he's uh, just who he is. He's just yeah. not, not, I'm not going to say he's an aggressive person, mm-hmm. but he's just, he, he is good on the mic, and he makes his point out there. Oh, yeah. The way he talks. You he interviews tell. great. He, be- he believes in what he says, yeah. and he puts it out there to the world. But, no, great ride by all them. Aaron Plessinger yeah. coming with a fifth. That's two top fives to start the year off. Um, not the 100% main event that we thought we were going to have, but um, that, that was is, hey, two top fives. What can you say? Starting the year off strong. 
and keep going, AP. We got we we're watching you, and you're killing it. Oh, yeah. I think the biggest story that we're gonna get out of is not the T- Tomac comeback, not the Roxon uh, podium, not the Sexton taking back the red plate. Jet and Hunter Lawrence, Lawrence ninth and tenth. Yeah. Way back there. And that's exactly what we wanted out of this. Ra- that's what I wanted out of this race. Yeah. I wanted. And how you said an equalizer. I wanted to see Jet not take off, not be in front, not having to battle around anyone, just cruising, riding his own race. I wanted to see this, so I'm super excited that this happened because it, it like, uh, shuffle things up. Yeah, it in just the mixes it. It mixes it up, you know. Um, Jet didn't look good. He went down a couple times. Hunter oh, with yeah. a bad start was stuck in the back. Yeah, he was. But yeah, just like what you said, I wanted it, and I think everyone wanted it. Yeah. When Jet went down at A1 during the heat race, he crashed, and Webb went on to win the heat race. The crowd cheered. The crowd cheered. It's you're, We're seeing yeah. uh, uh, the, the waves change. We're seeing th- the tables turn. It's moving around to where the dominance, like I brought up earlier, we don't want someone to win all the time, and then it gets kind of boring. We're starting to see that change. Yeah. We're seeing the love, lo- lo- the lovers of the Lawrence Brothers. Yeah. We're, we're starting to see the haters. And I'm Definitely. not going to say haters, but the, the people that, like, they want to see them have a tough time. So we saw that this week, and honestly, it changes everything up, which is awesome. Oh, um, yeah. Se- Chase Sexton taking over the red plate and with a seven-point lead over Lawrence now. So seven points. I'm not going to say it's comfortable by any means because c- you can throw that away in one race. You yeah. know, with Sexton tucking a front, you know, he has that, that little catch line with him is he tucks the front. Haven't seen it this year. Knock on some wood. But um, seven points, you can work with that, though. If he beats Jet again, yeah, you expand that out to double digits, and we're looking good for the rest of the season. You just Absolutely. keep on going. Uh, Tomac, third in points. Aaron Plessinger, fourth. And Dylan Ferranda surprising everyone with a fifth in points. Oh, now, yeah. I think what's it's really shocking to me, at least in points, is where Cooper Webb and Jason Anderson are at. I know Anderson got second at A1, but this was a bad performance by him here. And then Webb, killer A1. Yeah, he went down with a little bit to go, but we knew he had the speed. Again, tough, tough second round. But it is a mutter. Yeah. You never know how people are going to bounce back, and that's where a champion could have been crowned this weekend. Yeah. It's weird to say that around two. But a champion could have been crowned because, or I don't think, okay, so crowned is probably the wrong word, but the championship contenders shined because you need to be consistent throughout this championship. We've seen Tomac give up championships to Cooper Webb because he has that freaky ninth or the eighth or just some weird off race. Yeah. Was this Jet Lawrence's weird 10th or ninth place race that... You look back, come, you know, end of March, April, May time, and you're like, oh, what could have been in this championship if Jet Lawrence does not win this championship? Why? Do we look at San Francisco? I is mean, that, is that ninth place going to be the – we're going to look back at San Francisco and be like, that race, round two of 17-2, yeah. changed the entire championship. I mean, yeah, looking back at that year where Webb won the championship and E.T. was right there, I mean, it was only a couple points difference. It went down to the last race. Uh, and it's because E.T. does have those couple of races, right? So is this going to affect Jet's mindset? Is it going to make it so he doesn't win the championship? It might. 
I would I would honestly like to see that. I think Jet's an excellent rider. I think he's going to grow into the bike, but I think he needs a l- to be challenged a little bit. And I think this really put that on this him, did which it. is good. This did it. But you know what? I I hate to be that guy. I'm I'm an analytics person. I look at all the numbers. I look and I think of all scenarios before I make a decision. But you know what's going to happen? Jet's just going to go just dominate San Diego and and close this thing back up. I don't know if Sexton gets another start like that. He I don't he might not. You if never Jet, know. If Jet gets stuck in the middle of the pack again, that's what I want to see on a regular not muddy track. I want to see Jet stuck in the middle of the pack and I want to see him fight his way forward because when anyone gets to the front, you can gap it out pretty good. You don't have anyone compa- competing for lines. You don't you're not trying to op- be offensive and defensive while you're riding. You're just racing your race. And that's why it looks so easy for him because he literally just cruising and he's fast. So I want to see him in the middle of the pack. So I hope I see that in San Diego. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I'm right there with you. Um, we have a lot to look forward to. This was a great round all all together. Like I said, the racing wasn't amazing because it was just different. It was slow going, and yeah. it, it that. But you know what? That's a motor. Oh, I loved it. That's San Francisco. We are going to talk about this round for the rest of the year. Yeah, this probably. is what's going to change it up because yeah. you know we lost a lot of championship contenders. People showed off that they are championship contenders, and futures are bright yeah. for some and not for others. Others are going to be training that outdoors a little early. That's San Francisco recap for you guys. Um, we look forward to San Diego. We will have a uh, preview show for San Diego for you. San Diego, military appreciation and throwback week. So we will be posting up all the graphics gear, special edition stuff that's oh, going to be so out there. So excited to see this This is stuff. one of my favorite rounds. I yeah. love seeing because the bikes go, you know, different colors, different graphics. You get some crazy gear that matches and, and stuff like that. So I, I love uh, the San Diego round. So we look forward to giving you guys a preview of the San Diego round next week. We'll be back uh, on Thursday, Thursday night. We will have a recap for you. And that is San Francisco for you. Anything else? Uh, Yeah, guys, this is just it makes me excited. I hope there's more motors this year. Just I'm ready. I can see <laughs> it. I, I can see it. Well, we'll see I'm what ready. this week turns into because there was rain just before Anaheim. Yep. Lots of rain at San Diego. Mm-hmm. And now we're going down south to uh, or San Francisco. Now we're going down south to San Diego. Um, we'll see what the weather looks like. We'll get some updates going on for you. Yeah. We'll be back for a review or preview. Oh, my God. I keep mixing that up. We'll be back for a preview of. San Diego round four supercross. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the dirty hour. Again, if you like this show, get some interest out of it. Please share it around, subscribe, like, listen, download all that stuff. Apple music, iTunes, uh, Amazon, Spotify, all those things. That's where you can find it. And make sure you go to our Instagram, Keep It Dirty USA. Uh, we post on there a lot. Please give us feedback. We really value that. Um, we love talking with you guys. So shoot us a message. Um, thank you for joining us. This was so fun. And uh, we'll see you on Thursday for the preview. Let's ride. <laughs>